Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their banners to visit their websites. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back with another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, John, Roger, Neil, myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Great. Great, Bob. Doing okay, Bob. How are you? you Doing okay, but obviously a heavy heart, heavy time. What's going on in Israel is just horrendous, and this is scary. And so we're in this podcast, obviously, we're going to be talking about the Hamas massacre on Israel, the war declared back on Hamas in Gaza, and so many different aspects of this. Uh, What is happening? Why is this happening? What are some of the atrocities that Hamas is engaging in? And what's going on with all these pro-Palestinian rallies and protests all around the country and all around the world? Uh, and the Biden administration, their handling of this. So we have obviously have a lot of things to unpack as we dive into this entire issue this week. As we do this, we do want to remind everybody that as you listen to this podcast, you know, we are sponsored in this podcast. We very much appreciate you folks supporting our sponsors. One of those sponsors is Preborn. And I, I know most of us listening right now are pro-life. And sometimes you might be like, well, what can I really do to stop abortions? I'll tell you what you can do. You can support Preborn. Because, see, Preborn is the main pro-life group that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. Uh, and those moms, when they see a picture of their baby, they choose life almost all the time. And they usually end up accepting the Lord, too. What it comes down to is paying for the ultrasound images. Now, $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. How many abortions will you be willing to save? Is it 10, 50, 100? Take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever number God lays on your heart, and that's the amount we're asking you to give in a one-time gift to preborn. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. So here's what you do. Go to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on the preborn tab, you can give right there. crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. Or if you want to talk to a real life person, just call 833-850-BABY and they answer 24-7, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. As we dive right into what's happening in Israel, we don't know what the death toll is going to end up being. At this point, it's estimated about 1,100 or so Israelis have been killed by Hamas in these attacks. Uh, How many Palestinians have been killed the other way in Gaza? We don't know that number. It's several hundred. Obviously, these numbers are going to get much larger as we go along. This is an actual war that Israel has now declared on Hamas. But remember, it was Hamas who launched this attack in the first place on Israel, as they've continued to do really for the decades, Hamas and Hezbollah. And we know that they're funded by Iran. We know that Iran is behind this, although Iran is denying it. Hamas says, no, Iran is the one behind this. Uh, Common sense says that they clearly are. So this is really horrendous, and especially when you see the atrocities that Hamas has been engaging in. There are reports now of Hamas going around door to door, just executing civilians, men, women, and children, executing them, actually killing and executing babies, including 
beheading babies and doing this in front of the parents, burning teenagers alive, the kind of ISIS stuff we used to see. And this is over-the-top evil that's happening. So before we get into the political ramifications of this and the rallies, the pro-Palestinian rallies and the Biden administration and their appeasement of Iran and, and just all that kind of stuff, I thought we'd just kind of go around the table and, and, and have everybody maybe share their thoughts a little bit about just what's happening and uh, the horrific nature of this because I I got to tell you guys this is this is heartbreaking to see this kind of evil that's taking place but it also doesn't surprise me especially when you think about this in terms of biblical prophecy and God's heart for Israel and the hatred that exists for for Israel uh, it is just evil personified on display but Let's kind of work around the table a little bit if we could. And maybe, Neil, if we could start with you. You and Roger are pastors. Uh, your thoughts on this and just what you're seeing, not only as a conservative political commentator, but also as a pastor. Yeah, well, it's shocking. I mean, obviously, because nobody saw it coming. And especially, I think it's shocking because the Israelis didn't see it coming. Right. They've, they've got an incredible... Uh, defense force and uh, security system in Israel, and you know their intelligence always seems to be up to par. So how this exactly happened the way it did, I think is shocking to everyone. And, and just parenthetically, this is not spiritual content, but I think somebody ought to be checking, um, you know, the intelligence personnel in Israel and see if somebody got paid off or got paid to look the other way for a minute because something really strange happened when all of this was pulled off, like totally taking Israel by surprise. But on the other hand, I fully agree with you because, um, you know, the world has hated Israel since day one. It's the birthplace of our King, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This is very prophetically significant. And I don't think we should be surprised that once again, the Jewish people find themselves in the crosshair. I mean, it's been throughout human history, right? You know, the occupation, what Pharaoh did to them. Uh, the exile, you've got uh, the Nazi uh, Holocaust, everything that happened to Israel at that point. And here here we go again. It, mm -hmm. uh, this is one tiny little country surrounded by enemies, and only by the grace of God does Israel even exist at this point. But right. uh, yeah, I, I was shocked, but not surprised. You know, and by the way, can I just say, as far as Israel's intelligence and this slipping through the cracks, yeah, this that's kind of surprising that that the that they were caught by surprise on this, but we've got to remember back in 2005, Israel went ahead and pulled out of Gaza. They pulled their occupation out. They maintained a blockade for air, sea, and land and, and travel and such, but they they pulled out of there and pulled out their settlements. And so I've got to imagine that the intelligence on the ground that they would have had wasn't there and probably made it easier for Iran to coordinate this with with Gaza behind the back of sure. Israel. But, but when so, Ariel Sharon gave that land essentially to the Palestinians. It was with the hope that this would foster peace. Okay, look at here's your area. You stay here. We'll stay over here. Uh, we won't cross over, and we're not going to get in each other's way. But from that point on, Gaza essentially became a training ground for terrorists. And right. just they, they, set up, they set up their rockets and pointed them over the fence towards Israel. Land for peace is not going to work when you have one side that doesn't believe Israel has a right to exist. And that's right. really and what that's it is. that's not going away. Yeah, they're not looking for... Look, the Palestinians... Okay, Hamas, Hezbollah, and a lot of the Palestinian uh, people, they're not looking for pre-1967 borders. This isn't about Golan Heights and West Bank and Gaza. They claim it is. But this isn't about going back to before 1967 and the Six-Day War. 
This is about going back to pre-1948 and calling the entire area Palestine. we got to remember, mm-hmm. the Palestinian public schools don't even recognize Israel as existing. They don't right. show up on the geography maps in the public schools. So, uh, And the fact that they exist means that they want them eradicated. They want them utterly annihilated. This isn't just about like a territorial dispute. This is about the utter destruction of the Jewish people and the state right. of Israel. That's so true. Roger, you're a pastor also. Some of your thoughts on this, not only as a, as a commentator, but certainly also as a pastor. Well, it, it, it's interesting because obviously, you know, you, you look at the biblical history and we realize that we're dealing with the UN version of Israel versus the biblical version. And even right. then that's been, you know, chiseled down even further. And the idea that, uh, you know, as Neil uh, duly noted, uh, the, the key words here are on the ground is where the problems really, uh, you know, emanated from because they've got the Iron Dome. I mean, they were pick, they've been picking up missiles, you know, routinely for a regular basis. The way that they were able to fight those off, but then they did not anticipate the ground activity indicates there's some kind of hacking. And I'm sure, I don't know, there's there's that one country that starts with an R, um, Soviet something, I mean, that, that, that does yeah. a lot of hacking, you know, that likes to get involved in espionage right. and that type of stuff. I'm sure that Russia's, that's their contribution to this while Iran is backing Hamas. And then Hezbollah shows up yesterday and tries to attack the other border. It's just, it's really horrible. Horrible. But I think, you know, we, we've seen a lot of the social media posts, you know, let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And understanding, of course, I mean, God, God's sovereign, so God always gets what he wants. So Jerusalem's still going to be ground zero for Jesus' return and rule and reign. But it doesn't mean it's not going to be without, I mean, <laughs> this goes back to biblical times of, of, you know, having this kind of contention. And I would add something that it's, it's uncomfortable for us to have to talk about what we really do have to talk about. The fact that Israel does have a special place in God's heart. And yet right. when you look at the fact that the Abrahamic faiths are all kind of hanging out there, you know, Islam and Christianity and Judaism. But when 90% of the the Israeli Jews are there who are kind of culturally Jewish, but they're really more atheistic, then you have to, I mean, it, this is not even just rejecting the Messiah has come. This is rejecting God altogether. And mm-hmm. you have to wonder how much of this is you know, we saw this happen in the Old Testament where God's people were disobedient and, you know, they were handed off into whatever God decided they were going to be handed off to. I'm not saying this is punishment for the Jews, but it's certainly a massive wake-up call and right. um, for, for everyone. Well, and you know what? If, if you're a judge and your own son is standing before you committing a crime, you may send your son to prison, but you still love him. And yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna forget him, you're not absolutely. gonna stop loving him, and your covenant as his father isn't gonna change, even though you may enact judgment on him. And God has done that w- with Israel throughout history, and he may be doing that now, but it still doesn't change the fact that this is God's chosen people. Individually, they need to accept Yeshua, Jesus' as Messiah, to be saved. We understand that. Uh, but God hasn't given up on Israel. He still loves them. And I think what God loves, the world hates. And I yes. think that's why we're seeing this more and more spiritual battle. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we really are. And John, let me ask you about this. Because we want to get your overall take on this before we start unpacking different elements of this. And But before we do, one of the things we do want to remind our listeners of John, is that uh, we want them to support our sponsors. And one mm-hmm. of them, of course, Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, is just doing such phenomenal work on the yes. front lines in the courts for, for Christians and Americans. Yeah, and there was a hit piece out this past week that I talked a little bit about on my show where the other side, of course, doesn't like ADF. They don't like what they're doing. ADF has gone on the offensive in 
a lot of situations, not just the defensive, which, by the way, for everybody listening, that's a plus. That's a huge thing. They're not just waiting for cases to arrive. They're starting cases. They're starting things to be proactive in all of this. And again, because of, because of that, the left doesn't like that. So there was a big hit piece out this past week on ADF. And as I read it, I thought, you know what, ADF, good job. It's all the more reason why we should be supporting what they're doing. 4,000 lawyers working together to protect our free speech. And again, guys, it doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not. They're protecting everybody's right, not just the rights of Christians. Yes, they're a Christian organization, and they and they do, you know, in a lot of ways, seek out the things that are important to us as Christians. But at the end of the day, guys, it affects every single person in the United States of America. We need some big gifts, by the way, guys. Not just, you know, $5, $10, but those of you that have the ability, you other businesses that are out there like me that can write some bigger checks, please do so. Go to Crawford mediagroup.net. Click on the ADF button and give today. Absolutely. Uh, And we appreciate you folks doing that. We do. John, just some of your overall thoughts. I mean, what have you been kind of thinking and feeling and processing over the last two, three days, just watching what's happening in a general sense before we get into some of the specifics? Uh, And I'm not a pastor, so uh, guys, please forgive me on the front side, because if I was Israel, I would carpet bomb the entire, I would give them X amount of time to leave. I'd carpet bomb the entire place, doze it over and start over and not let them back in. That's what I'd do. Actually, that's kind of what Bibi Netanyahu said that they are going to do. That's what I do. They're unleashed. Yep, that's what I do. And and you know what the shame of this is, John? I get what you're saying here, and I fully I'm conflicted on this because part of me says, okay, well, you want proportional response, but then the other part of me says the only way that you handle terrorists is to eradicate. You're not going to end it any other way than to do it the way I just said. If you if you come up with some sort of a treaty, a ceasefire, or whatever, this is coming back again. I mean, this is the problem Israel's had all along. They've allowed this garbage to go on. There's a Dome of the Rock on the Temple Mount. They've allowed this garbage to happen for so long, it's finally coming back to roost, and they've got to end it at some point. Just end it. Be done with it. I know, and, and that means that, that means they have to have overwhelming force. They have to completely Correct. decimate Gaza, as much as I hate to say it. And yes, that does involve women and children, and, and that, that's a really difficult thing to think about the civilians. But I also think about what the United States had to do to end World War II. Exactly. Uh, when we dropped the atomic bomb. we gave them notice on Nagasaki, the side, yeah. We Nagasaki the side, and Hiroshima. Right. right. And it's like, look, this is, this is a painful thing to think about all the civilians that had to die in that. But that's you right. know something? It brought about, it, it, was, a, it was a necessary evil to bring about an ultimate change. good, which was the end of the war. Right. It brought and, the change and, necessary. And this, I, I think, uh, taking a squeegee to Gaza, as, as horrific as that sounds, to, to do this and decimating it and turning it into complete ash and rubble, that does send a message to Iran and uh, and to Hezbollah and also to Hamas and the rest of the terrorists that, you know what, do it not sends a message to the entire world, don't Israel. mess with us. That's right. And I think that message needs to be sent. So I think Netanyahu and we, is right. And we as a country need to be in full support of whatever decision they make along those lines. And again, they've made so many soft decisions in the past, so many sympathizers on their side. They've got – same thing happens in our country, by the way. You cannot do that. If you do, this is what happens. Right. So true. Let's talk about what what has led up to this, first of all. We know that Iran is behind this, and I, I 
I we are cannot... behind this, Bob. It's our fault as a country that this is happening. We have funded and made this happen. We left Afghanistan, left all of the arms and military equipment behind that's now in the hands of terrorists. We gave $6 billion back to you know release the money. Didn't really give it to them, but we released $6 billion recently to Iran. The money's fungible. This is on us. The blood that's going on right now is on the U.S., uh, way to beat me to the punch, John. <laughs> I think you just about verbatim took the words out of my mouth. Uh, you're right. Iran is the one who's behind this as far as coordinating it with Hamas. But this is so we got to look at the Biden administration and the policies yep. that they've enacted. That's okay, right. Don't tell me, you know, to, to listen to Merrick Garland try to, uh, Merrick Garland, to, to listen to Anthony Blinken try to claim that, well, Iran hasn't collected that $6 billion yet. This is, this is an accounts receivable for That's Iran. Right. When That's you know right. you have $6 billion in accounts receivable, you That's go right. ahead and start pre spending money. That's of right. course, the $6 billion is part of this. Of course, the easing sanctions from the Biden administration is part of this. Of course, the trying to revitalize the Iran sweetheart, the, the nuclear sweetheart deal with them as part of this. Uh, all of the, the weakness on the world stage is absolutely a part of this. Mm -hmm. the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan, the way that we did in sending a message to terrorists that, hey, the United States is just a paper tiger. Go ahead and do whatever you want to us and our allies. Not to mention the fact we're seeing reports now that some of the billions of dollars of U.S. armament that we left in Afghanistan mm -hmm. for the mm -hmm. Taliban right. is now in the hands of Hamas. Yeah, How about right. this? Israel's being attacked by United States military armament that's that Joe right. Biden left abandoned in Afghanistan. Yeah, I, I, I find that unconscionable. That too, Bob. If you're a Democrat, you're part of this problem as well, and there's blood on your hands also because you voted for this garbage. All right, now for the softer pastoral view on this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Here, here, you and me are, pardon the pun, bomb throwing here at, at the administration, but uh, but it does. It's true. Seem, well, you know what, Roger? Let me ask you. Okay, you are a pastor, so you have you and Neil have little softer hearts than John and I do. I get that. Okay, uh, but th there is a political reality here that that Joe Biden's policies have absolutely arranged the chess pieces to give a green light to Iran to go after Israel through their proxy Hamas. There's nothing wrong with speaking the truth, especially when it comes to a situation like this. I mean, if you were in a medical condition and you went to the doctor and the doctor lied to you about the cancer that was riddling your body, you would hate that. Right. Guy, or the, you really would. This is one of those cases where you do have to look at the situation and say, how did we get here? I mean, for four years, love him or hate him, the Donald Trump administration was was tough on supporting Israel, you know, moving the, the embassy, you know, getting the other nations lined up to begin the peace talks, which kind of got me excited because I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, if, if Israel at peace with all these different nations, maybe that means we're getting closer to the end of things. But then, of course, the Biden administration came in and basically undid everything and, and continues to kowtow to it and basically has established the fact that the United States isn't the superpower it used to be. So this is something that we, we absolutely have to deal with. You can't negotiate with evil. I mean, you can't negotiate with terrors. And, and the same people that said, why is Donald Trump talking to Kim Jong-un are now going, uh, well, maybe we need to have some peace talks here and maybe we need to try to figure out a two-state solution. There is no two-state solution. There never has been. And this is our the final nail in that coffin, I believe, is to just say, look, okay, anybody who thought we were going to get a two-state solution here, it ain't going to happen. So now in terms of U.S. support, I'm glad to hear that the United States is sending our largest warship to the region, that there's going to be aid for Israel. But it does look kind of odd when you consider that we have 
wound up supporting both sides of this equation uh, by the fungibility, as John mentioned, of the $6 billion, the tit-for-tat trade when it came to the release of hostages. And oh, by the way, oh, gosh, I didn't think you were going to use that $6 billion to do that. I mean, come on. <laughs> no one's paying attention. I know. It, it is ridiculous. And actually, uh, Neil, before we get your take on this, uh, Roger, I want to ask you why you're talking that, because we do remind our listeners we wanted to support our sponsors, of course. And uh, it's so important as believers, while we focus on the things going on around the world, that's a very important discussion to have. We also need to make sure that our own financial house is in order in our individual homes. And I'm thankful that Roger Wilson, that uh, Wilson Financial, Dennis Wilson, has been helping so many of our listeners. Yeah, it's 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 encouraging to know that uh, National Crawford Roundtable listeners who are using Dennis Wilson for financial an- analysis and advice are looking at the, how the world markets are go- potentially going to be changing and resting easy, knowing that this kind of volatility isn't going to impact their retirement, isn't going to impact the uh, the investments that they've made, and that they've got long-term security that's not going to go down in value. It's going to only it's only going to go up, and it's going to add extra. Uh, additions to things that uh, you, you wouldn't be able to get in the Schwab world or wherever. You click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner when you go to na- uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net and you can get the ball rolling there or call 800-696-9970. But mention National Crawford Roundtable. Uh, Dennis listens. He's listening right now, as a matter of fact. He's a big time fan of NCR and was before he became one of our sponsors. So uh, you'll find a like-minded uh, ally when it comes to you, not only as an investor, but especially as a brother and sister in Christ. And that's why it's really important. It's a stewardship issue in the same way, Bob, that the United States has not stewarded our resources and our assets well when it comes to how we defend our allies in the Middle East. We have a strange way of showing them how much we love them or care for them. It's it's crazy. Neil, what is your take on the Biden administration and their policies leading up to this? it, It really is. Look, President Biden comes out and he says, okay, we stand with Israel, absolutely condemn Hamas. And he's like, okay, fine. But my goodness, your policies, though, have been to appease Iran, to make things easier for them, to show weakness on the world stage to terrorists around the world, uh, to, to basically not really have Israel's back with substance. Words maybe, but not substance. And so I'm not surprised you give $6 billion. If you give $6 billion to the number one state sponsor of terrorism in the world, how do you think they're going to spend that money? Uh, Of course, they're going to spend it in what they do more than anybody else in the world, terrorism. Yeah. And fundamentally, I don't agree with anything that you guys have said on that. I think that failed, you know, policies related to this and administrative weakness and the debacle in Afghanistan, the, pull, the way we pulled out, left our, our you know military hardware behind. I mean, I, I think they're all contributing factors. But let's go back and let's remember that in 2001, during 9-11, the exact same mentality existed amongst the terrorists that, you know, that that flew airplanes into the World Trade Center and uh, in the Pentagon. The bottom line is that Islamic terrorists want the great Satan USA annihilated and little Satan along with it, which is uh, Israel. Nothing's changed about that. In fact, that goes back centuries. So all I'm saying is like this, this attack, this surprise attack was pretty well planned for a terrorist organization. They had to be thinking about this before the $6 billion decision debacle that Joe Biden created just a couple of weeks ago. I I honestly believe this was planned a long time ago. So directly connecting that money, I don't know, but shifting around those funds, I mean, somehow it all benefits Iran, obviously, but 
I, I just, I'm not buying the idea that like, like they were sitting around with nothing to do and all of a sudden it was like, well, Joe Biden made another bonehead decision. Hey, you guys, let's attack, attack Israel. Let's pull this thing off. I don't think it happened that quickly. I think it's been in the works for a long time. And by the way, I also want to mention, I think that our failed policy at the southern border needs to be looked at because we got people crossing into the United States. We don't know who they are. We don't know what right. they're up to or what their long-term plan is. And yeah. we feel a sense of security right now. Like, well, you know, we're over here in the U.S. We're secure. Are we really? <laughs> Do we actually believe that? I don't. I know. So, yeah, I, I think it, it all goes together. You have to look at the biggest picture as well as the little one. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And by the way... Uh, this this probably has, I'm sure, been in the works for quite a while, really, ever since 2005 when Israel went ahead and pulled out of Gaza for the most part. Mm. Uh, that, that kind of told them, okay, we can operate a little bit below the radar screen. and try. So I, I'm quite sure that they've been plotting and planning something like this for a long time. I honestly believe, all right, pardon me here while I put on my MAGA hat, I do believe that Iran and Hamas saw a great opportunity when Trump was gone and Biden was in to say, yep. hey, now we can exploit this because... Because I think Iran knows full well that Trump would be responding differently and would have been over the last two and a half years if he were in there instead of Joe Biden. So I think that combined with Afghanistan, combined with weakness on the world stage, it's like this is our window of opportunity. Let's go ahead and capitalize on it now. So I do think that they, Neil, I think you're right. They've probably been working on this for several years, probably thinking about it in the planning stage since 2005. But I think over the last two and a half years, they've been like, okay, this is our window. Let's make it happen. And it's, I think that's fed a lot into it, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, oh boy, it's it's still, it is horrendous. What do you, by the way, Neil, what do you think, though, about what we were talking about before, the really strong response back at Gaza because we are going to start seeing news report images from a liberal media of those Palestinian dead children. And uh, remember, Hamas, they, they place their military operations and they fire their missiles from residential neighborhoods, from schools, from hospitals, knowing full well that when retaliation of the source of the missiles happen, it's going to be hitting residential areas and killing children. This is what Hamas does. This is despicable. But the alternative is to not fire back, and you have to fire back. Seems to me Netanyahu's right to go with overwhelming force, even disproportionate retaliation for the sake of sending a message. We only got about 30 seconds, but I'm curious your, your take on that real quick, Neil. Well, I don't think we should ever retaliate for retaliation's sake, but you're talking about the protection of the people of Israel. Uh, yeah. The Palestinian terrorists, I mean, there are some peaceful Palestinians in the world, but these radical Islamic terrorists utterly want to annihilate and destroy Israel and take as many human lives as possible. And I think, you know, it's it's mitigating the threat against human right. life. They're going to come in and take your children, cut the heads off babies. It needs to be stopped, and whatever it takes to do it needs to happen. Yeah, it really does. In the second half of this podcast, folks, we're going to be talking about uh, the pro-Palestinian rallies and protests that have been going on all across this country as well as other places around the world. What in the world is that about? The Palestinians and what and what their arguments are here that somehow they're the oppressed and the victims from Israel. We'll discuss that and go a little bit deeper as well into the spiritual aspects of all of this in the second half. In the meantime, we do ask you support our sponsors to this podcast, including Preborn. If you've given to Preborn already, thank you. If you haven't given yet, 
please do it now. Remember, what you're doing is you're saving babies' lives by paying for ultrasound images for those moms to see pictures of their babies. They choose life when they see an ultrasound image of their baby. This happens in pro-life centers all across the country. Preborn is the main pro-life group showing the ultrasound images to these moms, but it takes money. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life through ultrasound images. How many babies' lives will you save? Take $28 times fill in the blank, whatever that number is, and it's a one-time gift, all right? 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds too, not a penny for overhead. So go right now to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, and you can give right there. crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, or just call them, 833-850-BABY, and they answer the phones 24-7. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call 833-850-BABY baby. Uh, we appreciate you folks listening to the podcast. You can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow them wherever you follow social media. And we've got the second half coming up next. This has been a Crawford Media Group production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. We're talking about what's going on in Israel, of course, the Hamas massacre, which, by the way, can I just say that the Canadian broadcasting company, the CBC, a leaked memo, a leaked email shows that their their leaders are instructing the journalists in the CBC not to use the word terrorist to describe Hamas. Uh, don't use it. It's like, come on, really? These are absolutely terrorists. But here's what's happening. Uh, you have these pro-Palestinian rallies that are happening around the world, including here in the United States, usually a bunch of leftists. In Sydney, Australia, you have video of about a thousand people out there rallying for the Palestinians and a bunch of them chanting, gas the Jews, uh, F the Jews and such. You're seeing these kind of rallies in Germany, in the UK, here in the United States. Now, uh, here in Michigan, the largest largest Muslim population in the United States, largest Muslim population outside of the Middle East happens to be in Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, where I'm sitting right now, uh, our studios, our WMUZ studios, the microphone I'm behind is three miles down the road from Dearborn, Michigan. We've got the largest mosque in America, which is right down the road. Last night, there was a huge pro-Palestinian rally, uh, needless to say, right here in my own backyard. And I have to say, this is... This is really troubling, and I just want to share with you some of my thoughts on this, and then I kind of want to go around the table and get you you guys' thoughts on this too. Here's the messages coming from the, from the pro-Palestinian people. They're saying, we just want to be free. Israel's occupying our land, okay? We just want our basic human rights. That's all we're looking for here. Israel's the oppressor. And I think to myself, hold on a minute. Uh, what you ought to be saying is this, and it would give a lot more credibility to these Palestinian sympathizers if they would be willing to forcefully say, we unequivocally condemn Hamas and what they stand for. We condemn and regret the decision of the Palestinian people to vote Hamas into power as our rulers in 2006. You realize Hamas didn't take over Gaza. They were voted into power from the voters, the Palestinian people themselves. Uh, they should say, we call for an end of Hamas as the governing authority in Gaza. 
or at least we're calling for a new election. We recognize the right of Israel to exist. We call on Hamas to do the same. We demand the Palestinian school books show Israel as existing on the Middle Eastern maps. We demand the Palestinian public schools stop teaching small children that Israel's and Jews are dogs and pigs and must be killed. We demand that Hamas be held accountable for their terrorist attacks against Israel. We demand that Hamas end its relationship with Iran, the number one state sponsor of terrorism in the world. We demand that Hamas move its military bases and missile launchings out of schools and hospitals and residential neighborhoods. We acknowledge that it was the Palestinian people themselves that elected Hamas to be their governing authority in 2006 and have continued to support Gaza's governing authority and Hamas for the last 17 years years without ever holding a rally against them or calling for elections to vote them out. We acknowledge the atrocities Hamas has been engaging in, like using the Palestinian people, women and children as human shields, raping and torturing women and children, going home to home to execute civilian men, women and children, beheading Jewish people, including babies. And finally, we condemn Hamas for executing Jewish hostages on video. If these, this to me is what these Palestinian, Palestinian sympathizers ought to be saying, but they're not. They're giving, for the most part, a pass to Hamas, going, yes, we condemn the, all deaths of innocence, but let us tell you how evil Israel is. No, that, that, to me, that's not acceptable. Uh, they are giving tacit approval to Hamas by refusing to make these declarations that I've just listed that I think they ought to be uh, declaring. So that's my take on this. I am not sympathetic to these pro-Palestinian rallies happening around the country right now. But uh, all right, I went on my rant. Let's go around the the table here. I'd love to get you guys' thoughts on, on what's happening right now with these pro-Palestinian rallies. By the way, Rashida Tlaib, United States Congresswoman, who right here in my own backyard, she has a Palestinian flag outside her door right now. She issued a statement still refusing to condemn Hamas by name. Uh, this is obscene. This is a U.S. Congresswoman, John. Uh, yeah, and I, I talked about that the other day on air as well. And then, of course, you've got AOC out now, right. you know, tweeting or Xing, I guess we could now say instead of tweeting, mm-hmm. you know, talking about, you know, the fact that, you know, we can't let this get out of hand and we got to make sure we protect the Palestinians and this, that, and the other. I mean, the, the, how should I say this? Every time I read or see something along those lines, I can't tell whether I should just be outraged or saddened at the stupidity on that side of the aisle. I really don't know what to be. I, I'm, I'm irritated and mad on one hand, and yet I think to myself, is it just because you're, you're just that uneducated that you don't understand the history and what's gone on here and all the things that we've talked about up to this point? Do you just not understand all of this? Or is it just that you just hate the Jews that much that that's why you're sympathetic to the Palestinians? That's what I think it it is. I think it is. I think it's a spiritual hatred too, quite frankly. Oh, and I I can't argue that, Bob, at all. Yeah. Uh, What do you guys think? I mean, Roger, your thoughts on the Palestinian, pro-Palestinian protests that are people by the thousands showing up at various rallies around the country and even around the world. They don't know. I mean, they obviously don't know. This is kind of a father forgive them. They don't know what they do type of moment because they they think, they honestly do think in terms of the people and they've uh, they bought the lie that Israel's the great Satan, the great evil, that the Americans uh, are behind that as well. And so since they buy it, then they're going to go out and they're going to protest. They think they're doing the right thing. In the same way that college students, you know, get one opinion from one influential professor 
You know, they're they're doing walk-offs and sit-ins and all sorts of things, not realizing that they have no idea. If they looked at the entire picture of what's going on, they would see this. But then again, I mean, let's face it too. I mean, we 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 serve a God who has blinded the eyes of some and opened the eyes of others. I mean, so there there are a lot of people who are wandering around in darkness. I think the the key will be how many of them are willing to see the light as to what's going on. I mean, you will, you quote unquote, I wonder, I wonder if anybody in 2006 said, we've had a fair and square election and Hamas is now in charge. I mean, I, seriously, <laughs> I mean, I think I still remember Biden saying, oh, I was elected fair and square. It's like, well, everyone knows it was rigged. I mean, right. that, it, it was shocking that it happened in the US, but when was the last time you saw an election in Venezuela or Iran or Syria that came up with, a, oh, look at this, the, the people have spoken. You know, well, I know. well the right, the people with the guns in their hands have spoken in this case. And, and that's the way it's always been. So if you want to continue to honor that, and and of course, we we don't know who is behind, um, you know, how much money and where the money's coming from behind um, AOC and the other people who are supporting Palestine. Um, some of it's just willful ignorance. And some of it is, hey, this is what you're going to say if you want to stay in office. So, you know, at the, at the end of the day, I mean, there, there's nothing good about these pro-Palestine rallies. I mean, at all. I mean, there are Palestinian Christians we know who live in the region, and they're looking as collateral damage at this point as far as what Hamas yeah. is trying to accomplish. Just, and they didn't vote for Hamas in no, 2006, okay? Of course not. But yeah. you know what? This is what Neil, we got to remember, Hamas is the governing authority in Gaza not because they seized it in a coup. They ran in elections. Right. These terrorists ran in elections and they were voted in by the Palestinian people. Uh, this was an actual election that they won. And since then, they have refused to hold any elections. And you know something? The Palestinian people in Gaza have not risen up against Hamas. They haven't spoken out against them. So I'm, I'm sorry. To me, it sounds like crocodile tears when Palestinian protesters right now are claiming, oh, we're such victims. We're not saying we support Hamas. Hamas, yes, you do. We're watching you. Yeah, and I think you're right. But I also agree with Roger. I think that there's a lot of spiritual blindness. I think that there's a lot of ignorance. And People largely believe what they're told by people that they think they can trust. You know, the world is filled with uh, lies, and we know who the father of, of all lies is. And right. I'm, I'm concerned for uh, Palestinian Christians. There are, there are a few. Uh, there are peace-loving Palestinians. But there's a radicalized element of this group of people, the Palestinian, you know, terrorists that that utterly want to destroy Israel and anything associated with the United States of America or any supporters of Israel. And it's horrific. Uh, by the way, um, you know, it's interesting because that I don't think you're going to, I don't think that, you know, different policies from the Biden administration or better news coverage or anything is going to change the hearts of people that are at each extreme. But it's really shocking that people in the middle can't look at the situation and say, if you swap out the Israelis right now, the Jewish people, if you swap them out for any other disadvantaged people group on the planet, would anyone stand for it? I mean, if you look at, for instance, what about like Sandy Hook? What about the uh, Las Vegas uh, guy that was shooting, you know, during the concert in Las Vegas, any kind of terror that's happened on our soil or mass shootings? Well, if you just flip-flop it and and swap it out for what just happened in Israel, would anybody stand for it? You know, I think that the world should say this isn't just bad, but it needs to utterly be stopped. And they ought to be in favor of any efforts whatsoever to make sure this never happens again. But uh, I'm 100% convinced that in a couple of weeks, maybe less, we're going to see the mainstream media do exactly what somebody suggested earlier. All of a sudden, it's going to be, look at Israel shooting rockets at schools yep. in Gaza, Pictures and the of babies, whole thing's Dad. going to flip, and then you're going to have the whole world against Israel. 
and I right. you can see it coming. Well, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me. And this goes to the spiritual darkness we've been talking about here, too, because, you know, the United Nations, they put out their their lists of the worst human rights abusers in the world. And, do you know, year after year, the United Nations names as the number one human rights abuser in the world, not North Korea, not China, not Iran. Uh, no, the, the, Israel and the number one abuser of women's rights in the world. Israel. I mean, think about that. Oh, okay, so. uh, this. But this is the United Nations. I, I know. So, and plus, you got to remember, a bunch of these human rights councils are these Muslim nations too. So there, there is absolutely a spiritual blindness and darkness here that you can look at a, a this little strip of land, no bigger than New Jersey, surrounded by dozens of hostile nations that don't think they have a right to exist, and somehow you see little Israel is the oppressor here. Uh, that is a spiritual blindness, a spiritual darkness. I think you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of people hate, hate, hate Israel, and they don't really know why. Uh, I think that anything anything that God loves, the world hates, as I said before. And yeah. so they don't even, just like when people recoil when they hear the name Jesus and they don't know why, they don't get angry when they hear the name Buddha, but they get angry when they hear the name Jesus that they hear scripture quoted. Very same thing, they get angry when they just think about Israel and they don't even realize that it's because of the the, the spirit of darkness and the enemy that's, that's permeating them and feeding their thoughts. We got a lot more to talk about this and uh, as we continue through. Roger, I want to get your take on this as well in just a moment. But first, we do want to ask our listeners to support Preborn. If you've given to Preborn already, we thank you for that. But if you have not, would you please do that now? This is about saving babies' lives. This is about taking that mom who's pregnant and and showing her how that baby can live. And that baby really is her own child by letting her see an ultrasound image of that baby. You know, Preborn shows these ultrasound images to these moms in pro-life centers around the country. And when a mom sees a picture of her baby, it's the first time she's ever seen her baby. She doesn't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. Statistically, she lets her baby live almost all the time. And she usually ends up accepting the Lord too. It falls on us to pay for these ultrasound images, folks. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images. How many abortions will you be willing to stop right now? Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number is, that's your one-time gift. And 100% of what you give goes to ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And by the way, we need some heavy hitters out there too. If you run a business, maybe God's blessed you financially. We need some of you to buy ultrasound machines. They're $15,000 a piece. And your legacy will be saving the lives of thousands and thousands of babies. That's a tax write-off for you too. But whatever amount you give, do it online at crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, you can give right there. crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, or just call 24-7, 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. Talking right now about the the pro-Palestinian rallies that continue to happen around. Roger, what is what is your take on this? And the, I think absolutely this is a spiritual blindness. There's there's no doubt that this is a spiritual blindness taking place. But uh, there's got to come a point where they where they they realize. Wait a minute here. Hamas is beheading babies. They're burning teenagers alive. They're going door to door executing people. And the Palestinian people in Gaza are the ones who voted them into power. Is I understand spiritual darkness. I understand that they've been sold a lie. But when they hear this, do they just think that that's false information? Yeah. 
Sure they do. Uh, you know, it, yeah. it's amazing how we've become a, a people, and not just here in the United States, but worldwide. You know, the, the, the more your smartphone can quote-unquote do for you, the less people are thinking critically. You know, I, I don't know how much of that is spiritual and how much of that is just government manipulation. But we, this is that point in the National Crawford Roundtable podcast we have just about every week where I get to the point where I say, hey, look, isn't it great that the four of us can get together and have this conversation and actually discuss and discern and agree and disagree? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. really sharp and iron together. It's not happening in the Muslim world. I mean, there. if you took a poll of most Muslims, I remember talking to a former Muslim who uh, had been pretty high up in his uh, his world, was now a, a Christian pastor, and he said 80% of people who are Islamic uh, will go to, they'll go to the mosque, they'll recite their prayers, they have no idea what they're saying. It's all cultural, they just kind of go ahead and do this. That literally go along sheep mentality is, is pretty strong here, and it's pretty evident in the fact that here you've got 20 years of Palestinian quote-unquote rule basically in the Middle East, and they were perfectly content to let terrorists come in, uh, convince them that that was a free election, this is what the people really want, and that something like this now, if you hear that lie over and over and over again, uh, you begin to believe it's true to the point where you don't think rationally anymore, you're thinking just you know re- reflexively, responsively, uh, and, and it's a shame, it's tragic to see. Um, God can pierce the heart. He certainly can't. I mean, the Holy Spirit could do that. Uh, the question is, how much of this is going to have to happen? Because God has a plan here. I mean, he has, and the great thing about God's sovereignty is he always gets what he wants. So ultimately, I'm not saying that God's rejoicing over the beheading of babies. I mean, it's horrific. It's terrible. It's awful. Uh, but maybe, just maybe, I mean, th- this is the type of destruction that we're seeing, and we're seeing it you know, on center stage of the world for the really the first time to see how bad it is. This has been going on since the beginning of mankind. And the fact that we're just now seeing it, um, it's, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. So the question is, how is God going to use this? And how can we continue to bear witness, knowing that there will come a day when Christians are gonna be executed for their faith? I mean, that this mm. that we're, we're moving in that direction. And so- Well, it's it, happening uh, around the world already. Yeah, it's just yeah, we haven't seen happening. it here yet. Yeah, right. yet. You know, that's, just, right. it, that's, that's the key. No, it is. Uh, John, how, how do we get these, is there a way to get these liberals that are protesting on behalf of the Palestinians around the world, is there a way that we get them to see, wait a minute here, look at what Hamas is doing and the Palestinian people in Gaza voted them into power and have perpetuated their power over there. So how are, how are you not holding them accountable? Why aren't you angry at them? There may be a few that would take you know reason into account and, and listen to an argument along those lines, Bob. Unfortunately, I think what Neil and Roger have said, a lot of the just flat-out spiritual blindness that these folks have, until you get that... Until you get them unblinded spiritually, I don't know that the rest of that even matters to these folks, Bob. I mean, so this really becomes, again, back to the whole spiritual warfare end of things. Until you get them to where they're unblinded and they can really look at things rationally, I'm not sure that matters to them. Yeah, and you, you may very well be right about that. Uh, by the way, as we kind of wind down this uh, conversation uh, today, John, I do want to ask you, though, if you could just remind our listeners mm-hmm. about ADF and Alliance Defending Freedom. And because we, we here in America, it's not the same as it is around the no, world. I mean, Christians here are not being, for the most part, tortured and martyred for their faith. Not yet. I do believe that's coming. But right now, Christians are legally being discriminated against. Right. And thankfully, we got ADF fighting 
fighting force. Yeah, you know, and as I said, the, the you know the first time around here today with ADF, you know they are also on the offense. For years and years, they've been on the defense. There was a hit piece recently accusing them of now being on the offense. Which, by the way, I applaud them being on the offense. The rest mm-hmm. of you should as well. My point there is, is for a lot of you listening, you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm never going to have a lawsuit. This isn't going to affect me. No, ADF is taking this one step further. They're looking at things, saying, wait a minute, let's protect certain things or let's make sure these things don't get to be a certain way. Bob, let's make sure that Christians aren't persecuted for their beliefs. ADF is taking a strong stand, and as as I said earlier and say every week, and Neil did for a long time as well on ADF, is the fact that they are protecting not only the rights of Christians, but the rights of everyone else. Because, you know, religious freedom can, can carry into many different aspects of life, guys, and the reality is ADF is now on the front. They're not just responding. Yes, they're still doing that. If you've got a case, you need to go to ADF. They'll protect you. They'll go to bat for you. Absolutely. But they're also taking cases on a preemptive basis to try to fend off some of these things that might come down the pike. And for that, we've got to help them. They do all of this pro bono. They need our donations to make this happen. So guys, all of you listening, especially you that are business owners yourselves, please give to ADF today. Go to Crawford Mediagroup.net, click on the ADF button and give. Absolutely. And we appreciate you folks doing that. As we kind of wind down this, this podcast, one of the things I, I do want to address also, and I know we touched on this earlier, but what the claim is from the Palestinian side regarding the so-called occupied territories and what the actual truth is. And so first Let's just say, and I'm going to repeat this, like I said earlier, the Palestinians don't really want to go back to pre-1967. They want to go back to pre-1948. They don't want Israel to exist at all. They don't believe Israel has a right to exist. In 1967, there was a six-day war. And in this six-day war, you've got Israel that was attacked by Syria, by Jordan, by Egypt. And as part of this war that... Israel miraculously won, they were able to seize some of the lands and territories that Egypt and Jordan and Syria were attacking them from. And these were Gaza and West Bank and Golan Heights. And so Israel, just like all wars around the world, when you're attacked unprovoked by someone else and they use particular land to attack you, you seize and control that land. You use it for your own security and buffers going forward. And that's what Israel has done. Uh, Since then, You've had the Palestinian people claiming that this land doesn't belong to Israel and that they're occupying and it's wrong. They shouldn't have their settlements there and such. But I'm telling you, if they pulled, if Israel pulled out of Gaza, that which they already did in 2005, but if they pulled out of West Bank and Golan Heights also, I guarantee you that's not going to appease the Palestinians. And if I could just say on a side note, and maybe I'll throw it over to our pastors on this too. If I could say on a side note, The word Palestinian is really kind of a misnomer because I understand that thousands of years ago the region was referred to as Palestine, but but really the people in Gaza, uh, these are the Egyptians from the uh, Egyptian uh, from Egypt attacking Israel in 1967. The people in West Bank are Jordanians. The people in the Golan Heights are Syrians. Uh, that's really who they are. It's been over the last few decades that they've kind of adopted this new name of. Palestinian, but it's really driven on this belief that the whole region should be called Palestine. There should be no such thing as Israel. So really, I mean, Roger, if I can throw it to you real quick, Palestinian is actually really kind of a misnomer. It's an invented name of a people that's really... uh, 
Arabs and Muslims from Egypt and Jordan and Syria and the surrounding regions. Yeah, it's more of an ideology. I mean, I don't want to make this sound uh, too trivial, but it's kind of like Hollywood when you get right down to it. If you yeah. drive into Los Angeles, there is no Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood right. is what we talk about. And there actually is a city called West Hollywood, but there's no city of Hollywood. And but if we call them Hollywoodians now, yeah, like they're exactly. real people or something. Exactly, exactly. Right. That's in essence what you're dealing with. And so I think there are a lot of people who have a sympathy for a, uh, for a people group that is more of a description rather than an actual nation. And when you get right down to it, when you see the nation that they are trying to occupy by force, as a matter of fact, um, it, it's just, it's tragic to see this this playing out. But as I said all along uh, during this episode, anyway, I realize there are some temporal things that need to be done in terms of stopping the bleeding and stopping right. the aggression. But uh, overall, on the long run, I think we're just getting warmed up. Right. Absolutely. Well, what well, we are kind of coming down to the end of this podcast and uh so i know there's a lot more that we could talk about this of course but uh, roger one final thing if i could get from you we we do obviously we 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 have a lot of strong opinions about this uh, as believers in christ of course we we need to be praying for all the people in the area above all that they would come to know the truth of who jesus christ is uh, that includes Jews that don't know Yeshua, Jesus as Messiah. That certainly includes Palestinian people, Arabs, Muslims, because the only truth is in Jesus Christ. Mike Pompeo famously said it, who was Donald Trump's Secretary of State, uh, when he was asked what the answer to terrorism, he says, uh, the only true answer to terrorism is Jesus Christ, the hope and Savior of the world. And that is Amen. so true. Uh, yep. But I do want to ask you, uh, Roger, though, we do want our listeners to support our, our sponsors. We so much appreciate them doing that, and we very much appreciate appreciate Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial and what he's done to help our listeners get their own financial houses in order. Yeah, Dennis will tell you the same thing about, you know, the, the faith in Christ and, and placing your, your hope and trust in not only things that are of him, but things that are uh, good stewardship issues too. And part of, like, for example, the real estate investment trust option that you have with Wilson Financial is real estate that's here in the United States. A lot of people don't realize that if you invest in a REIT, oftentimes it's in a country like in a war-torn area where you think you're getting some kind of return and maybe the first year you do, and then you're stuck in this thing for 15 years and you don't get, you wind up losing money. Um, you talk to Wilson Financial Advisors and find out you can actually see these places right here in the U.S and get a healthy return that's guaranteed. That's just one example of how you could be a good steward with your money, especially during these strategic times, and especially as you think about how your time on earth might be winding down, but you've got kids and grandkids that are going to benefit from that legacy as well. Click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner um, or call 800-696-9970 and uh, get in touch with Dennis and his team today to figure out how to best safeguard your financial stewardship, especially during these strategic times. Absolutely. So, Folks, support Wilson Financial, support ADF, support Preborn. If you haven't given to Preborn yet, do it now. All right, let's let's all get involved. Let's all have some skin in the game. Let's save some of these babies' lives. Let's stop some abortions. Let's pay for ultrasound images, okay? The money doesn't come from the sky, folks. It comes from us, all right? These ultrasound images, they cost money. $28 is the average cost to stop one abortion through ultrasound images, Preborn shows these ultrasound images all across the country. They have for a long time. So here's how you give. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab, and give right there. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever number of babies' lives you want to be the legacy for your family. 
How many abortions do you want to stop? $28 times whatever number maybe God lays on your heart. And that's your one-time gift. And 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. And if you want to talk to a real-life person, they answer the phones 24-7. You can call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. And we thank you folks so much for doing that. We always thank you for listening to this podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, you can watch video of our podcast at myhopenow.com and certainly follow My Hope Now wherever you follow your social media. And Roger Marsh of The Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California. John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Myself, Bob Duco, The Bob Duco Show out of Detroit. Guys, it's always great catching up with you and uh, looking forward to next week. And let's just hope and pray that hopefully this is resolved uh, in in not too long of a period of time. Certainly, we don't want it to drag on forever. But at the same time, we need Israel to defend herself and to try to uh, set the stage for defense going in the future as well. So uh, anyway, yes. 30 seconds. I just want to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I I think we should. Lord, you've told us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And this isn't just military peace. We know, Lord God, that the answer to this conflict is you. You are the Prince of Peace. And one day you will rule and reign supreme. But even, Lord, as this conflict seems to be over Gaza, it's ultimately over Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. And Lord, all of that is prophetic. We don't know exactly what all of the answers are right now, but we know ultimately that the world needs you. And so we pray for peace in Jerusalem, for the Jewish people, for unbelievers everywhere, as Bob mentioned. And we ask God that you would turn hearts toward you. You are what we need in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Neil. And folks, we appreciate all of you listening to us as well. Thank you so much. And guys, see you next week. See you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. Alliance Defending Freedom, protecting your God-given right to live and speak the truth. Your generous financial support makes it possible for ADF to defend religious liberty, the sanctity of human life, freedom of speech, and marriage and family in America and around the world. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the ADF logo to give your financial support. Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Wilson Financial Services logo to learn more. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.